Welcome back to another episode of the Travel Food Yoga Podcast. Today we have another special guest, J.R. Zwingraff, who will be sharing his experience with personal injuries and how he maintained a positive mental attitude through each one. J.R. has been working in elevated construction for the past five years and has suffered from serious injuries really throughout his entire life. With that, let's jump into the show. Hey, JR. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Candace. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's a little interesting to be interviewing a guy today because I've interviewed almost 90% women. And so I was trying to think of who males could I bring onto the show this year? And I was like, oh, I can bring on my boyfriend because <laughs> he can't say no. <laughs> That's true. I can't say no. So today we're going to be talking about overcoming injuries with a positive attitude and before we dive into that can you tell us just like a little bit of background about you maybe like what you do for work and where you're from just to give listeners a little bit more background on you personally so i'm originally from staten island new york and my family moved us out here when i was pretty young i am currently an elevator constructor so yep work's got its ups and downs (laughs) (laughs) and so to get into like the, the injury stories can you tell us like Maybe just like a summary of all the injuries you've had. And this could be, you know, we're going to be talking about like injuries from something small as like a sprained ankle affecting how you're, you know, functioning at work to a broken leg to something that's like full on putting you out on disability pay for, you know, six months or a year. So just give us a little summary of your injuries and all the different ones. So I have been hurt and I've had, let's see, in middle school, I broke my leg in a little razor scooter accident and that was a pretty serious surgery i had uh, a corrective surgery that followed so i have a total of seven pins and two plates in my right leg and then my left foot i injured while snowboarding and i had to have two reconstructive surgeries from that because i got flat foot so i ended up with five pins and two plates in my left foot. And then I recently, within the last six weeks, had a Mm -hmm. bicep injury where I tore my bicep, just kind of pushing the limits, doing something stupid. How did did that happen? I picked up a plasma (laughs) TV, just in a funny manner. Without a a team lift from your partner over here? My job does require that I'm able to lift 100 pounds on my own. thought you could do it. But it was how I decided to pick up the TV that physics were not in my favor. Mm -hmm. I picked it up from one side, one end, and tried to tip it back into my elbow and shoulder. And I got it about two and a half feet off the floor before my tendon started to, or my biceps started to give out. So that put me out of work for six weeks. Mm. Thankfully, I had enough vacation time to cover me. <laughs> <laughs> well, and how about the for the foot injury? How long were you out for that one? I know you went out twice, right, for that one? So the foot injury was a big one. Um, I was out twice. It was about six to eight months for each surgery. Mm-hmm. The first surgery didn't hold up once I got back to work. So I worked for about eight or nine months and had to go back out for a more rigorous surgery because the tendon reattachment was not quite good enough for um, what I do for work. How did that 
first injury happen, the foot one? So it was a snowboarding accident. I just kind of got my foot stuck under a lift chair. No big deal because the snow was soft and mm. pulled my snowboard out. And when I did so, uh, I felt just like a warm sensation in my ankle, like a little pop. And it felt like a sprained ankle. And so then did you have to go out right away or did you just treat it like a sprained ankle? I finished snowboarding the run for that day. And then when I got back to work, I thought it was just a sprained ankle. So mm -hmm. I just fought through the pain, took some Advil and toughed it out. And we push around elevator test weights that are about 500 pounds on their just big steel carts with weights in them. And mm -hmm. they don't have very good wheels. So we push them up and down and into buildings and hospitals and all sorts of places where we have to test um, elevators. Mm -hmm. so that took its toll after a few months of um pushing through the pain i would say about nine months so the injury happened at around the middle to the end of march mm -hmm. and i finally just couldn't walk on it anymore come october i got up one morning and i wasn't able to walk to the bathroom i just kind of oh, collapsed yeah. and crawled Oof. so so then for that the first injury, and it's probably a little bit different from when you're in middle school to when you're an adult, but like, what did you do to keep a positive attitude throughout that? Because I'm sure there was still like some, you know, some hard days and some dark days, but what was kind of like what got you through or the tools that you used? So in middle school, being a kid, I bounced back and I just told myself I wanted to be at least 100% again. I wanted mm -hmm. to be strong enough to do anything any other kid could do. And it was just a lot of time spent um, inside, going stir crazy. Um, you know, I, I think that that injury was a lot easier because I had parents and family around that mm -hmm. could help me out. Right. And I was really stubborn and didn't really want a lot of help, but it was always there. Sometimes I wasn't really given the choice. Mm -hmm. um, in my you know in my adult life um i was i think 27 27 28 when i had the foot surgery maybe it was a little later than that mm. but i didn't have anybody around i was living by myself with my dog i found out my dog had cancer so basically a week after i was less than a week after being out from my surgery mm -hmm. i stopped taking my painkillers so that I was able to drive him and myself up to Portland to meet up with my parents to take him to a specialty vet clinic to find out what was going on with him. Um, he was diagnosed with cancer. So I think a lot of my positive mindset stemmed from just feeling overwhelmed and knowing that I repeatedly had to tell myself nobody was going to get either one of us through this, mm -hmm. but me, you know, I had family, but I wasn't going to just pack up my life and go up to Portland. And at this point I'd already had the surgery, so it was too late. Right. So I just knew that no matter what I had to push through mm -hmm. and there was lots of tears. There was lots of crying. There was days that I, Never thought I was ever going to be the same again. I wondered how I was going to put food on my own plate, let alone 
take care of my dog. I, you know, I, I felt really hopeless at times. Mm-hmm. And I had, you know, a lot of anxiety that came along with it. And I told myself that nobody else was going to get me through this but me. I had no choice. I didn't have the option to have a pity party. Right. That wasn't in the cards for me. Mm-hmm. As much as I wanted to, there was days where I just said, man, this is not fair. Why me? Mm-hmm. Why does this always have to happen? This is the second time I've had to have a, you know, a major surgery in my life. Right. Why can't I ever get any help? And hmm. you know, I started to have those pity parties. Mm-hmm. But every time I started to have them, my, the logical side of my brain just kind of told me, shut up, dude, buck up, grow up. Like (laughs) you don't, you don't get to pick the cards you're dealt and sitting there telling myself like, why me? What was me? Wasn't going to go to the grocery store. That wasn't going to go get the food off the stove. (laughs) You know, I I mean, I, I had to get creative at times and use towels and slings to try to move my food around the house. There was times I scooted on my butt down the hallway. I'm just picturing this too with it like wrapped on your neck and then just a bowl of cereal like dumping on your shirt. Oh yeah. Just and going everywhere. And it happened and it, those times were frustrating, you know? All of a sudden you're wearing a bowl of milk and frosted flakes and you're going Oh my goodness. And the dog is just sitting there having a heyday, drinking it all oh, up off the floor. I bet. You know, so. More scraps than usual. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I, and I had a big dog, you know, I had a German Shepherd. So for me, like he, it helped having him around. It yeah. gave me the belief in myself and it gave me something in a sense, not to like necessarily live for, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it was something to live for, to push on, to push through. Mm -hmm. If I wasn't going to do it for myself, I told myself I had to do it for him. Right. So he still needed you. He still needed to be fed. Yeah. He needed to let out. You know, and he he still had pain he was going through. He Mm -hmm. had stuff going on with him. So, you know, if he's crying at the back door to go outside, I still got to pick up my crutches Mm -hmm. as fast as I can and crutch to the back door because it might be an emergency. You (laughs) might really got to get out there. Some of the stuff he was on kind of messed up his stomach a little bit at first. So, you know, I can't do too much for him, but I had to figure it out. Yeah. So a lot of it's just you have to, you start to develop a mindset Mm -hmm. where... You know, you have your time where you can compartmentalize everything and you can think to yourself and try to clear your mind and not let the stress of how you're going to pay the bills and overcome the financial burdens get to you. Mm -hmm. It's just the waking up and getting through every day. And, you know, it's like a flow of water, you know, you it comes and goes. It changes the environment around around you. You know, we're not, nothing's permanent. And you learn really quick when you get an injury that nothing's permanent. Being injured isn't permanent. Being healthy isn't permanent. You're a product of the choices you're going to make moving forward. Mm -hmm. And if you don't choose to stay positive, it's, it's so easy to drown in... In all the circumstances, it's right. so easy to sit there and wallow Feel in sorry it. Sorry for yourself, and you know, think like, why me? Why is this happening to me? Yeah. 
So there was times like I was on the floor crying, you know, I slipped and fell or I couldn't get up and mm-hmm. I cried and cried, but you lay there face down on the floor or you sit in the corner and you're crying to yourself and you're having, you know, this emotional breakdown and mm-hmm. In the end, no matter how hard you start crying, and yeah, you might feel better after you have the cry, and, and you need it. Like, you need right. to have those moments Release where the, you... the emotions, yeah. And, and that moment of feeling the breakdown, that moment mm-hmm. of hitting rock bottom, so to right. speak. Because that's the only way you're going to realize it's never going to be this bad again. Mm-hmm. And I can get through this, because guess what? Laying there face down on the floor... No one's going to miraculously walk through the door and come pick you up and chew you up and rub you on the back and tell you everything's <laughs> going to be okay. Right. You learn to have to do those things for yourself. Mm-hmm. You have pick to... Pick yourself back up. You have to pick yourself back up. It's like riding a bike and taking the the training wheels off. Mm-hmm. You know, you realize nobody else... You know, mom might be there, dad might be there to pick you up when you're learning to ride a bike, but when you're running around the house by yourself on crutches mm-hmm. and they're an hour and a half away, I, what I'm going to call them. Oh, mom, dad, I've fallen and I can't get up. They're going to say, come pick me up. Pick yourself up off the I'm on the floor. sidewalk. <laughs> right. They're going to be like, get your ass back up. Like, yeah. Get over yourself. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. so, but that's tough though. I mean, you know, falling off a bike is one thing when you're a kid, but being an adult and being in a position where you can't work, you know, you can't provide for yourself or, you know, maybe you have a family and you're worried about being able to pay the bills and take care of your family. What's your advice for people that are in that situation where they're facing a long-term time off work because of an injury? What was your, like, maybe what's some other tools you use that could be helpful to help them stay positive? So uh, a couple of things that are available is um, insurance programs for disability, like Aflac. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a great one. And um, when I first got out with my injury, knowing that I was going to be going into a, a pretty good chunk of time without, um, mm-hmm. I took out a couple credit cards at the same time and only spent on one of them, knowing that I could do a 0% transfer to the other mm-hmm. to help cover costs. Um, other than that, I, I would say try to build up a, a basis of people, a community that can come help you. You know, mm-hmm. I had friends that were able to help me come do grocery shopping, but couldn't help me do much more than that. Right. Um, I did have roommates at one time. You know, there mm-hmm. was a couple roommates during the first surgery, but only through the first half of it. And they were able to help me out. Yeah, um, which is some of those more, you know, cumbersome but, tasks when you're trying to balance yourself on crutches. But the big thing is, is when you do have injuries, pain is not permanent and mm-hmm. you don't have to live with pain. Right. You don't have to mask pain with painkillers. You don't have to hide behind anything. It, mm-hmm. it will be tough. It will be a test of your mental endurance. But sometimes you learn that there's going to be things you don't want to do that you never envisioned yourself doing that you don't like that you mm-hmm. you have to just overcome it you have to do it because no one else is going to do them but you and it makes you a stronger person to sit there and do those things and realize like sometimes you got to get your hands dirty and it's mm-hmm. okay it's okay that you don't want to do things but you're still going to have to turn around and do them right. and push Figure through it out. <laughs> Um, if you've got family and you're worried about, you know, getting things done, 
build up a plan before a surgery happens. You know, mm-hmm. you can't plan for an injury. Right. You can't really plan for the recovery time. They always give you an estimate, but so, every body's so different. Yeah, and you can you can get an estimate. And like for me, I'm I'm still suffering um, at times from pain. You know, you step, mm-hmm. especially at my job, you step on an uneven surface, and mm-hmm. it can tweak it or cause you a little pain. You get a yeah. little scared and. The big thing is don't ignore your body. Don't ignore Mm -hmm. the pain. Don't ignore the symptoms. But remember the most important thing with any injury is taking action. Mm -hmm. If you choose to sit there and do nothing and say, ow, I'm hurt. Oh, my gosh. That's not going to fix the problem. Don't be afraid to go to the doctors. Yes, Mm -hmm. it's going to cost money. But you can always find ways to recoup those losses with Mm -hmm. time. And as opposed to, oh, I'm hurt and I ignore it. And then all of a sudden it worse. I'm out for yeah. longer, like my foot. If I had gone in during the first two months, mm-hmm. it would have been a week's turnaround time for the surgery and it wouldn't have been anything major. Oh, wow. But working on it for nine months, I ended up needing a whole foot reconstructive surgery. So I kind of shot myself in the foot, so to speak. <laughs> wow, perfect example there. <laughs> so I, I tend not to take things as lightly, and I try mm-hmm. to rush into the doctors when I right. feel like it might be something major, like with my bicep. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, you were freaking out about that. <laughs> but, I mean, I'd rather you be overly cautious now, knowing that, you know, knowing the difference of waiting and then having the recovery time be longer, the injury be worse. That's just... It's worth being proactive about it. Yeah. But and another big fear, though, is, like, not even just, you know, finding out what the medical bills are going to be. I think the big fear is, like, job security. I think that's a very real fear for anyone with an injury. For me, I had the Family Medical Leave Act, FMLA. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, here in the U.S., we mm-hmm. have that available to us under federal law. Right. One of the things that is unfortunate with that is that companies can still ignore it. And mm-hmm. then it's up to you whether you follow up with a lawsuit, which is one of the things that happened to me after my second foot surgery. Mm-hmm. Despite a union protected trade, the company still said, sorry, we don't have any place to put you and you can go ahead and collect unemployment now. And I just said, wow, you know, I was just out for eight months and I was on family medical leave and they're like, well, what are you going to do about it? Mm. You know, so it was super daunting, you know, it was super intimidating where I was in a situation where I I didn't end up having the job to go back to that Mm -hmm. I thought I was going to have. Right. And it was very scary. It was very, very scary. And I remember that because that was when we first met. You were just getting ready to go back to work. And I was like, am I dating someone without a job? (laughs) 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 Like it did run through my mind. I was like, "Uh oh. Yeah. Be positive. He's going to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> he seems like a smart guy. <laughs> uh, thank, thankfully, the union just found me another another company to go work for. Mm-hmm. Uh, necessarily wasn't the right course of action on their part, but yeah. it was easier than dealing with the lawyer's fees and going back right. to a job. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and there's always going to be people who don't have a union to protect them. Yeah. You know, you've got to find, there's plenty of attorneys out there that are cheap, mm-hmm. that are very, very cheap, that will take on cases like this. Do not be afraid that to push back. Employers yeah. not following the rules. The The laws are there for a reason, and yeah. they're there to protect Both the little us. people like us who mm-hmm. are just workers. You know, yep. we're just 
we're not business owners. We don't have a lot of money. We might not have money for, you know, a lawsuit. But mm-hmm. 99% of the time, you'll you'll win a lawsuit like that. And don't oh, be afraid sure. to fall back onto stuff like that. Yeah. You know, it, again, it comes back to staying positive, staying hopeful. You know, you have to remember that it, it's not permanent. And mm-hmm. if they're going to bully you around like this, remember that you can't give that much to a company. You know, don't right. give don't to them. Don't give them that power what they're not going to give to you. Right. You're probably better off just buying a company that's going to care about you. Yeah. Really, It really can show you, too, with the company, if they're willing to keep you. You know, it shows how much they appreciate you. If they're just treating you like a number, you know, they're they're not going to save your spot. And so that may show you that that's not the best company fit for you. Yeah, and that was actually the frustrating thing for me is Mm -hmm. I probably could have filed my second foot surgery Mm -hmm. as workers' comp because it was – really heavily strained at work right and i did them the favor of just saying it was you know it was a re-injury of the same foot it Mm -hmm. was you know maybe it wasn't 100 percent. and honestly that was a lesson learned i will never protect the company like that again because they got rid of me as soon as i came back and that happened too like when i worked at lowe's the people because we had like a safety lunch and so if we made it 30 days without a, you know, a safety incident we would get like a free lunch and it was just like you know domino's pizza or whatever but we'd have like these safety things and it was like we were always trying to see how many days we can go and if someone got hurt they'd be like oh well don't report it like you know people were scared to report it because they didn't want their their coworkers getting mad at them for you know, ruining our free lunch that we had coming up yeah it's like really <laughs> we were in an environment where we're scared to admit when we're hurt over a free lunch, over a perk that the company gave us to encourage us to be safe. What, what it really comes down to in those situations is that you're afraid of the bullying your other mm-hmm. employees, the other employees might make, yeah, and that becomes course. a culture and a mindset. Right. And, you know, again, this is stuff you got to stay positive through. you mm-hmm. got to remind yourself that none of these people are going to do anything for you You know, you got to remember, are you going to do anything for them that they're not going to do for you? Mm -hmm. And you'd be surprised how quickly people will turn around and either throw you under the bus or they won't support you in the same manner that you're willing to support them and try not to be too giving Mm -hmm. because if somebody else won't understand your circumstance because they're not able to put themselves in your shoes because they've never been in that position. Mm -hmm. And how, like... I mean, I would say meditation, obviously, because I'm a little biased, but like, what are some tools people can use besides just sitting there and telling yourself to stay positive and, you know, trying to tough it out and get through it? What, what are some actual like tools that you could say? Like, I know you, you mentioned like sometimes your mental palace is a tool that you use. And do you want to kind of explain that a little bit in case that's helpful? Yeah. So the mind palace is something I use. It's like a meditation technique that I actually stole from the show Sherlock. That's at least oh, what he meditation. called it in there. Um, <laughs> it, it is like a form of meditation. Mm-hmm. And basically, you use visual compartmentalization um, to prioritize frustrate to prioritize frustrations, anxieties, or problems you might be facing. Mm-hmm. And you kind of envision yourself, like for me, I envision myself like more of in a castle with multiple different rooms and chambers that I can move about. Mm-hmm. And I put each problem into a different chamber and then that way I can move from problem to problem and I can see how they overlap Hmm. or how the variables from each one overlap and Mm -hmm. I address each problem individually to see what sort of outcomes they might have and then I also have rooms that are empty 
that I can just sit in and basically meditate or visualize myself someplace else. Mm -hmm. Someplace where I'm just focused on myself, mm -hmm. my well-being, my health, or nothing. Just, just meditate and think of nothing to allow myself time to come down from my stresses, to come down from things that are causing me anxiety, and then rebuild from the ground up so I can take time to just break everything down to to nothing mm -hmm. and then I can go address each problem and walk back to that empty space in my mind and have a nice refresh either put myself in a different angle a different frame of light to tackle a problem in a different way so I, I use the mind palace to sometimes help me get to sleep so that I can take everything and feel like I've thrown it out of my mind into these rooms and mm -hmm. shut all the doors <laughs> and focus on my breathing. But then I can choose to go and open any one of the doors to address a problem, to address one variable of a situation. So I can give myself an idea of what the outcome might be or mm -hmm. how one thing might benefit another. It helps me prioritize, really. Right. It's kind of making me think of D&D because &D, we went into all the different rooms. It <laughs> 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 might help me better with the visualization process. <sighs> what would you say, like in general, since you focused on being so positive, even during like, you know, these pretty dark moments of your life that were life changing. How, how do you think it was like different to have a positive attitude compared to just if you would have shut down and did the whole pity party thing and just felt sorry for yourself? Honestly, it's really easy to shut down. Mm. Shutting down is the easy part. It's giving up. Yeah. Yeah. It's really easy to give up. Mm -hmm. The hardest thing is not giving up. And that that's kind of comes back to what I said before of sometimes you got to do the things you don't want to do in order to make any forward progress. And I hit a certain point after one pity party where I told myself, I'm not going to allow myself to do this again. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to allow myself to come back down to this point because I make the choices in my life. I'm in the situation I'm in because I made a poor choice mm -hmm. and now I need to overcome it and I can't let I can't let my circumstances break me down again because I need to move forward for my dog, I need to move forward for myself, I need to move forward for my career and I told myself, I don't have the luxury of having a pity party. Right. If I tell myself I don't have that luxury, I, I push through with logic. I push past those emotions mm -hmm. to say, what's next? I start locking myself into a priority list mm -hmm. and say, what's the next thing I need to do today? Do I need to make myself lunch? Do I need to take a shower? Do I need to wrap up my foot? Do I need to put ice packs on? I start to focus on little things. Right. And then when I do have downtime, I preoccupy myself mm -hmm. either with TV shows or video games or card games or mm -hmm. board games. But I, I do things like that. I mean, even using your phone and now we have phone games, which were not right. yeah, nearly we as useful at the time. Yeah, there's a lot of you know tools really. I mean, games and entertainment that can be used as tools because if you're sitting there in a room and you don't have the tv on or you you know nothing in front of you and you're sitting there you're just gonna 
your brain is just going to go back, you know, think about that injury and what's affecting your life. And you're just going to feel sorry for yourself. Yeah. And the time is going to go so slow if you're just sitting there crying because those moments, I mean, you need to have them. It's good to release those motions and get it out of your body. But then it's, I guess, staying busy then is kind of one tool you'd recommend. Because if you're staying busy, it doesn't give you time to think about how sorry you are, you know, how, how, if you feel sorry for yourself. So if you stay busy and, you know, have activities that you can do that work with this injury. So maybe you just have to change your hobbies or find new hobbies. Yeah. I, I found telling myself that I was going to overcome what, what had happened to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I was fortunate that it was just injuries that required surgeries. And mm-hmm. I've gotten a lot of my functionality back. But I, I sat there and just preoccupied my time. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I started reading books. You know, anything to take my mind off of what was going on. I did a lot of cleaning. You'd be surprised how easy it is to clean the floor when you're sitting on your butt. <laughs> really getting to all those nooks and crannies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you but know, your shower was super clean. <laughs> my shower was very, very clean. You just crawl around in there, just, drag your foot. <laughs> just sat down on the floor and wash things from the waist down. You know, it was like sit down on the floor and you just as high as you can reach you start cleaning from top <laughs> down go, well i'm stuck here in this position <laughs> so without the clorox wipes yep exactly <laughs> exactly and, and honestly like cleaning things is really good it it, it mm-hmm. really takes your mind off of things and in the end you have a product you can be proud of right so you can see the results mm-hmm. things you can see the results of really mm. really help like those little wins Yes. Like even if you said, oh, I just finished a book today. And you're like, oh, I've been wanting to read that book for years. Exactly. It's like a little mini accomplishment. Yep, exactly. And and you have to prioritize things like that. Prioritize Mm -hmm. those small wins and write them down somewhere. Make sticky Mm -hmm. notes. Something that you can see to show yourself. That that you're still accomplishing something in this kind of like down time of your life. You know, you're still being productive. Yeah, for a lot of people, it tends to be a visual thing. Like, my room was a mess. Uh My room was always a mess. And even when I had surgeries, I I couldn't... I can't imagine that. (laughs) Your office is so organized. Most of the time. (laughs) (laughs) But you look at it, and there's only certain things you can move because of weight restrictions or limitations, things like that. But then you sit there and you realize, I could sit on my butt. And organize and I could, a stack of paperwork that I've been avoiding. <laughs> exactly. I can bring things down to my level and right. push them around on the floor. I mm-hmm. don't need two good legs and actually to be able to move things around. No, yeah. I can't put it on the top shelf. Yeah. No, I can't rearrange my furniture while yeah. I'm out. But <laughs> But then you start to see organize. organization mm-hmm. and it actually starts to make you feel better. It starts to bring you up. Right. You're like organizing your environment. Because especially if you're stuck at home more. You know, you don't want to be in like a sloppy mess so huh yeah simple tips well thank you for sharing your injury stories i think you know especially with it just being like a foot or something i think a lot of people can be able to relate to that and just knowing that there's simple things out there like just staying positive and keeping yourself busy try reading more something small just completely change your attitude yeah little little things uh, like that really change things thanks mm-hmm. for having me you know and, and people should really keep in mind that things flow like water and rivers you know you hmm. see a lot of changes between the winters and the summers. You know, mm-hmm. you get that's really true. wet seasons and you get very swollen rivers, which look nothing like a river that's on the verge of a drought or very small tr- streams come the summertime when there's less water coming down. You know, it, it's hard to see that change and 
related into your own life until you have have to overcome something like this. Are you saying that it's okay to gain weight after being out injured for so long? Is this what you're hinting at? I, I gained weight on, Sometimes on you'll feel every a little surgery. Coming out of it. I gained weight on every <laughs> surgery, yes. But I was able to burn a lot of it off. Some of it I'm still burning off now. Well, a little, a little positivity goes a long way. Just tell yourself you can do it. Maybe not today or overnight, but yep. get back out there. <laughs> well, thank you for coming to the show today and sharing all of your tips and for anyone that wants to connect with you after this episode and, you know, maybe just kind of pick your brain about, you know, what they're going through with their own injury, where can they find you at that you're willing to share? Um, probably the easiest place to find me would be my Twitter at JerskyZ, J-E-R-S-K-I-E-Z, Jerskies. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my Twitter handle. Or you can come hunt me down on Facebook. My <laughs> profile is fairly public and that's J.R. Zwingraf on Facebook. <laughs> And if you like dirty memes, then that's definitely someone that you want to follow because (laughs) he finds all of the the crazy ones (laughs) that'll make your day. (laughs) Goes along with positivity. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for coming to the show and for taking the time. Thank you for having me and everybody stay positive. And there you have it. JR, thank you again for taking the time to chat with us today. As we mentioned on this episode, injuries happen, and it's not something that most people are prepared for, both financially and emotionally. Luckily, there's programs out there and services that can help. You could check out Aflac insurance to find like a supplemental insurance, or even look for programs through your employer that you may not even be aware of. His biggest tip on this episode was to find ways to push through, because nobody's going to get you through this besides you. Keep yourself busy with new hobbies or activities that are within your limitations. So try reading books, maybe listen to podcasts, try new phone games, or clean while sitting on the floor on those days when life is too hard. He also uses something that he calls his mind palace, which is a visualization meditation of either like being in an empty room or even imagining yourself on a sunny beach. This is something I know I do when I'm having a hard time sleeping, if there's just too much on my mind. JR is just really great at staying positive, and one thing he learned from his injuries is that nothing is permanent. Pain is not permanent, and you don't have to live with pain. I know some injuries are more permanent, but the mental damage can be fixed. There is ways to stay positive, even if it seems like your life is over. If you have a family, he mentioned building up a plan before a surgery, if you know your surgery date or if it's flexible. That way you can work out who's going to help your family out, friends maybe, to cover daily tasks that you won't be able to handle, who's going to help with heavy lifting. Just make sure you have a plan because not having a plan is just going to be adding so much more stress to your recovery time. If you want to connect with JR, you can find him on social media. You'll find him on Twitter at Jerskies, which is J-E-R-S-K-I-E-Z. Or you can follow him on Facebook for his inspirational and dirty memes at J.R. Zwingraf. So many good tips in this episode. I hope you find a few that resonate with you and can help you in your own experience with overcoming either a current or a future injury. I hope at the very least, it helps to know that you're not alone. Until next time, think of something positive that happened to you today.